Hey, Armin here. Welcome to the NSP Nutrition Show. We cover training, nutrition, supplementation strategies, and a whole lot more. So stand by. Everybody and welcome to the NSP show. I'm Armin Eckelbarger. And I'm Frank Mills. And today Armin and I will be talking about what strategies to use to bring up weak body parts and nutrition strategies that Armin uses to build muscle tissue. So Armin, are you ready to let get man? Let's get going today. Oh, definitely ready. Got my workout in, and it was a good one. So I'm fired up. Let's go, Frank. <laughs> All right, so let's get right to it. Strategies to use to bring up your weak body parts. Uh, there'd be a lot of strategies here for me, but uh, Armin, what what made you decide to talk about this topic? Well, um, personally, I've had to do all that. I, I, you know, I never had a physique that would just develop evenly all over, and there's mm -hmm. different reasons for that. You know, because of, I didn't know how to train and things I was doing with the training packages that I was trying to learn early on. So what happens is things kind of get out of balance. And then I also had to learn to do this with my clients uh, because it happens. So right. Right. the reality is, is not every body part develops as nicely and evenly as you would think. And so some are going to lag, but there's different reasons why that happens. And we're going to talk about that today. Well, most definitely you see a lot of folks out there working out and you know, a lot of people in the gym, that that's one of the main things that people do. They start looking at each other, man, I, how come my arms don't look like that? Right. Oh, they yeah. start comparing themselves. So why do you think that happens, Armin? Why do you think that is? Okay. There's a, there's a lot of reasons for this. So we're going to try and tackle them one at a time or okay. some of the key ones that I think are, are the, are, important to understand you know one of them is genetics okay genetically okay. you're going to have some muscle groups that respond really easily to your training and because i have like i feel like my arms respond pretty good uh, my chest and back and shoulders respond pretty good but my legs they require a lot more work and so i've had to figure out other ways to get them to to come up now one of the reasons for that though is when i first started training at a very young age is like 18 or 19 I didn't really train my legs the first two years. I was just trying to figure out how to train period. And I didn't like how, how much it hurt to train legs. So that cost me. So I had it. Once I realized that mistake, it, it took me a long time to figure out how to bring up my, my lagging body parts. And to this day, I don't still feel like I got them where I want them, but they're definitely a lot better. So that's mm -hmm. why it's really important. So genetics is one good reason. Um, and then, like I mentioned before, I didn't give the body part all the focus I need to give it. And that's, that's what happens. With a lot of guys, you know, you're, you're really fired up on chest day. You're fired up on arms day. Might be a little unsure about your back day. You probably skip in your leg day. Uh, so you, you have all these things that you're deciding what you're going to do for your training. And that causes imbalances because you're getting more emphasis to one versus the other. And that's what happens. You're going to start getting out of balance. And, mm -hmm. and you've seen guys, 
I mean, I, I'm sure people have that they got a great looking upper body in the gym and they're training like animals in the gym, but you look at their legs, their legs aren't good. And, you know, right. people ask them like, well, when do you train your legs? Well, I just run. Well, running doesn't build your legs and doing a mm -hmm. treadmill or anything like that. So that's just, they don't want to deal with the pain of it. And, you know, for some guys, they can build legs really easily, but for right. others, you know, like myself, it's a lot of work and it's, it's painful and it's not easy. So I think that's one of the other reasons. So on top of genetics and giving your focus. Um, and then, like I mentioned before, prioritizing certain body parts over others just due to time constraints. Well, let's say you're going to go in there and you're going to train your chest, shoulders, and triceps. Um, okay. And so you're getting halfway through the workout. All of a sudden, you have to, to leave because of an emergency or something like that. Or you're running out of time. You got to go back to work or whatever. You have another commitment. I see this happen a lot with people where they always make sure they get one body part in, but then they may not get the other one in just due to that. And so that doesn't help with an overall balance of your training. And you really can't do that over a long, over long period of time. You can do it every now right. and then, but not over a long period of time. So that's another one that um, uh, happens a lot. Um, and then, you know, making sure you're prioritizing certain body parts uh, due to, um, you know, due to constraints, period. So, mm -hmm. you know, if, if your legs are lagging, but you have to keep skipping leg day uh, for different reasons, you're really hurting yourself. So that's what causes things to get out of balance uh, in a nutshell. One other thing I could say that would be a factor is the equipment you work with. So an example of this would be if you just have some dumbbells and barbells, a lot of times you don't have a squat rack uh, and things like that. So when it comes to using heavier weight, you're going to be limited for certain muscle groups, like, you know, heavy, you know, some leg training, um, because you don't, you know, I mean, if you don't have much equipment, you got to use what you have and large muscle groups require using heavier equipment. So that'll also affect how you're going to, how your body parts are going to develop. Yeah, that, that's actually been quite a struggle, too, over the last couple of years for folks to having the right equipment. And, um, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. So that's some really good information. All right. So help us out here. What are some ways that you can improve the weaker body parts, Armin? All right. So let's just start with what builds muscle, because that's really what needs to happen here to improve mm -hmm. the weaker body parts. And, that means training intensity. So if you just do straight sets, like a lot of people do, they do a set and rest, do a set and rest. That's a certain amount of intensity. But if you just use that all the time, then what happens is your body gets conditioned for your training. It gets smarter about what you're doing and you're only gonna develop to a certain point. So what you have to do here is look to shock the muscle fibers to stimulate new growth on these areas that aren't working as well. And that's something that a lot of people don't really understand the importance of it. Um, and they get frustrated. They feel like they're plateauing. It's because they're not changing up what they're doing enough to keep stimulating new muscle fiber. Hmm. Okay. Uh, well, are, are there some strategies out there that you believe in or that maybe that, gosh, uh, let's say that you've tried that, that you like? 
Yeah, and, and I did a lot of this through trial and error, but I got to okay. tell you, to me, the most effective way to bring up a lagging body part is to do what's called pre-exhaust work. Uh, pre-exhaust work, I think, once I learned how to do that, made a huge difference. So to give an example of, of pre-exhaust work, when you're, if your chest is not developing the way you would like, it's not getting a nice pool of thickness as you would like, uh, not getting the sides to develop, things like that. And you're doing bench press and you're doing some presses and then maybe you'll do some flies at the end. And you're not getting to develop you want, then you have to learn to prioritize and fatigue that muscle further before you do the, the, the presses because they're compound movements. The compound okay. movements like presses, bench press, dumbbell presses, et cetera, they don't isolate the muscle. So what you do with pre-exhaust, and this is what I really like about it, is you have to isolate the muscle first to really exhaust it. And then you go to your compound exercise where you've got other muscles involved to help you push it further. So a prime example of this would be doing fly work, you know, dumbbell flies or pec deck, things like that, and then going to do your presses. Now, the reasoning behind that is because when you do the exercise like this, you're doing fly work mm -hmm. you know, with dumbbells and pec deck or whatever, your triceps aren't getting fatigued here. What you're doing, you're stretching the pec, you're contracting, you're stretching, you're contracting. So your triceps and shoulders are pretty fresh. So you do the pre-exhaust, pre pre-fatigue of the chest muscles with doing the fly work. Then you go right to presses. Well, now you're going to further stimulate more fiber because when you're pressing, you're also working the chest and it's already tired. So you're going to force it to have engage a lot more work. And that's, I just found that really helped my chest a lot. I was a big bench press person for quite a number of years. I got my bench press up to like 365 for like six, seven reps, but my chest was just not going anywhere. And my, my one brother, he made fun of me because his chest, if he did bench press, would he would respond to it, but it wasn't going to happen for me. And he was always saying, you got to bring up your chest. You got to bring up your chest. Once I started doing these pre-exhaust concepts, like we're talking about doing fly work and then the presses, it started really picking up. So, and you got to do it for the upper pecs as well, then, you're, then, then, the, then the total pec. So that's an example, pre-exhaust. Okay, pre-exhaust. So that, that's one. Are, are there some other options then if, if you're not open to yeah. pre-exhaust? Yeah, well, you need to be open to it. So let's just make okay. sure that that's understood. <laughs> It's got to okay. happen if you want, if you want to bring up a lagging body part, you know, and again, if your legs are struggling, then you okay. want to do extensions, leg extensions, because that keeps your heart rate down and then go do leg presses or hack squats or squats, because you're going to fatigue the muscle before you put the heavy stuff on and it's going to force the muscle to activate more as another team. Okay. So okay. going with that is the muscle priority principle. So a lot of, what happens a lot of guys for example with calf work they'll do their legs first and then they got to do their calves at the end well if they're pretty tired they only do a couple of sets for calves and and i was guilty of this as well uh your calves are going to lag because you're not putting the same intensity that you put in your legs so that's so whatever you do at the beginning of your training session is going to get the most response because as you start to fatigue and burn up your glucose you're not going to have the same energy level. So you have to prioritize what's the, the lagging muscle group. So one way to do that for me and for my clients is I train them that muscle group early in the week 
because I've had the weekend to recover, be nice and fresh. And then I can attack that weaker muscle group by prioritizing it beginning of the week versus mm -hmm. later in the week when I, you know, I won't be as, as have as much energy potentially. I just right. found this works really well. So okay. prioritizing the weak muscle groups. Now, on top of that, if you look at Vince's um, strategies, he would do like a 10 by 10. So 10 sets of 10 reps. And now that's a volume strategy. So you pick a weight that you can, you know, wait that maybe you can get 12 or 15 reps with, and maybe a few, you know, I'd probably be 15 to 20 reps with, and you're going to okay. do 10 reps every set and to, and all the way to the end. And, but your rest periods are really short. They're like 30 seconds. So it, it puts a lot of demands on the body to be able to do that. And that's going to take that weak muscle group and stimulate a lot of blood flow to it. So that's a great one to use. For any exercise, if you're looking, if you feel like that exercise is going to help bring up your weaker body part. Mm -hmm. So if you do leg presses, 10 sets of 10 on the leg press, yeah, you're going to feel it and it's going to stimulate some new muscle fiber, especially with that shorter rest period. And Vince kind of knew that. So he would do that with his students. Um, he would put them on a 10 by 10 to, if they had something in the weak area he wanted to bring up. And because that would tax the body pretty good. And that would be all they do for that particular uh, body part. Mm -hmm. But that allows for recovery too. Uh, another one that I like a lot is what's called drop sets. So after okay. you've been, you're training and you've been doing some heavy work uh, to really push the muscles further to fatigue them, you start with heavy weight. Like for me, if I'm going to do, um, let's say, dumbbell presses, mm -hmm. if I start out with 100-pound dumbbell presses, I'm going to get as many as possible, uh, go to fatigue, uh, even failure for that matter. Then I'm going to drop about 30 pounds. I'm going to go down to the 70s, and I'm going to keep going. So I'm only going to take enough rest to get dropped the 100s, and then go right to the 70s, and then crank as many reps as I can there. Then once I get done with that, I'm going to drop another 30 pounds, and I'm going to go to the 40s. Now, obviously, the 40s are going to feel fairly light, but you are so fatigued that it it, it really makes a, a – it's an eye-opener, okay? Even though you could use that weight normally – very easily it's going to really force you to push yourself to fatigue the muscle fibers as much as possible and i think it's a great thing you can't do them all the time though because of the other level of fatigue but if you want to stimulate something drop sets are a great way to go and that can be done okay. on any muscle group at any time um okay. another one which you know vince came out with a long time ago was called a muscle of four sides this was just an introduction of giant sets and I think giant sets are just phenomenal. The only problem with giant sets, and basically giant sets is doing four exercises without any rest. You go from one to the other to the other, et cetera, until you finish and then you break and then repeat depending on how many um, rounds you're going to do of it. But with the giant sets, you're, you're going to put these exercises in, in sequence so the mm -hmm. negative could be if you're in the gym and there's a lot of people, they're going to get in your way because they may want to jump in on a machine that you were planning on using. So that's really one of the bigger challenges. Uh, but if you have a gym that doesn't have a lot or it's, it's quiet during the afternoon or has a time that's really slow, I do giant sets because I just found that they just work phenomenal. So I'll give mm -hmm. you an example of giant sets to really challenge you. Uh, one example would be it's due for legs, for example. I would do, you know, leg press, you know, as many reps as I can. And then with heavy weight, then I go right to leg extension. 
Now, the reason for that is because my heart rate's jacked up from the leg press. When I go to leg extension, I let my heart rate come back down, but now I'm isolating my quads. And I'm just, again, keeping that burn on the muscles. So then as soon as I get down with that, my heart rate back, back, comes back down. Then I may go to lunges, and, which is really rough. So that jacks up my heart rate again. So I'll do as many lunges as I can. And again, I'm going to be pretty, pretty well out of breath. Then I'll go to um, like maybe hack squat. Uh, well, no, no, I'll probably go to uh, leg curl. Then I go okay. from lunges to leg curl because that's another isolation exercise. And uh, again, I let my heart rate come back down because it, it doesn't jack up as fast as the comp, the more compound movements of a leg press and a lunge. Hopefully that makes some sense to people, but that's just an example. So you do a compound movement, then you go isolation, compound isolation. So you keep that breathing and the heart rate really up there, but more manageable. And it really stimulates a lot of muscle fiber. It just, a lot of times you don't even think you're going to be able to do the movement because you're so fatigued. <laughs> right. But right. For somehow, somehow your body makes it happen. And, it, hmm. and it's, it's amazing. Now, obviously, you, you have to adjust the poundages for that, but you don't need to have a, heavy, a lot of heavy weight on some of the stuff because they're already fatigued. But when you can do the movement by, with that fatigue, that's a game changer. So big fan of giant sets. I'd recommend those for anybody. Interesting. Okay. Uh, any additional, uh, I, I mean, gosh, you have mentioned quite a few here. Is any additional <laughs> information compared to, you know, gosh, what you've offered so far? Well, uh, the one thing you got to make sure you do is when you're doing this kind of more high intensity training, you got to get mm -hmm. optimal nutrition, your supplements and plenty of sleep. If you don't get the recovery, then this is not going to allow that repair process to happen. And you'll, you'll end up doing a lot of hard effort and not getting the, the gain that you're looking for. But this stuff, in my opinion, is very effective. And I recommend to anybody that's struggling with certain muscle groups to, to try these things. I just think they're, they're, they're awesome. Um, well, they definitely all sound uh, impactful, especially those giant sets. I was like, my goodness. Um, oh, yeah. They offer a lot of information, Armin. Uh, do you have any other suggestions to add to this? Yeah, so when you're going through this process of learning these combinations of exercises and stuff, I really feel it's important to track everything you're doing. So, mm -hmm. you know, writing down the exercise combinations you're doing, how much weight you're using, how many reps you're able to accomplish, and you're trying to stay within the rep schemes that we talk about, you know, like 6 to 10 for upper body, except for back, 8 to 12, and then for legs, 12 to 20. You're right. trying to stay in that, and you're tracking that. So this gives you a wake-up call of, you know, how you're doing. And then when you see what, how your body is changing, that's great because then you keep adjusting. So that'd be one of the, you know, make sure you track what you're doing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, you had actually mentioned something in your last sentence here about trying to read your body. Uh, well, yeah, that's, that's the other thing too, is as you're doing this experimentation, reading your body. So let me kind of go with what that means to yeah, me. Anyways. Yeah. Thanks. So as you're doing this, um, you know, your, your muscles are going to respond. And what I look for is how do I respond the next few days? Did I get the soreness in the area I was focused on uh, or did I get sore at all? And if I didn't get sore at all, I may not have done enough to break down the muscle 
the way I should have. So I had to constantly do feedback. And then on that feedback, besides the training, is nutrition and the recovery, like we talked about before, because if that's all working well, then you should start feeling it in the area and you should start noticing changes over a period of weeks by doing this process. Uh, and yeah. the other thing is, is you can also look to flex the muscle and, and go, you know, it's a good time to go to the mirror and just see how the muscle responds when you flex it, move it to get more engaged with how the muscle is uh, activated. So I like to do that a lot too, as uh, just work on the muscle control because you really got to get the mind muscle link as they call it to make sure that you're getting the right central nervous system stimulation to the muscles you want to target. Hmm. Okay. So when it comes to the soreness of the muscle and you were talking about the flexing and looking, uh, why would you kind of do this? Is there a process or is there a type of a mindset that you were thinking about? Well, for me, it tells me that I've broken down the area that I was focusing on really mm -hmm. well. Um, and that, you know, it, the muscles is adapting to this new stimulus an unusual stimulus, which okay. it just gives me good, it gives me good feedback. Um, and it's not easy because, you know, what I'm looking for is a particular body part that, that I was working on. I want to make sure that I'm getting that. And if you don't notice that, then that's a red flag. You got to relook at the exercises you're using because you may not be having the right combination of exercises. So, and if I, I don't want to waste my time because this is hard work, I want to make sure that if, if it's spot on, if it's not spot on, then I need to consult with somebody that's more knowledgeable or look up a different strategy uh, right. to co combine these exercises. That way I, I get what I'm looking for when I do the exercises. Makes sense. Makes sense. And, you know, the first thing I thought of, as you said, about a weak body part is somebody who's right-handed over somebody who's left-handed. Just as simple oh, as yeah. that, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, all right. So in regards to the flexing, um, is there any advantage or any, um, any reason that, that you actually do the flexing? Does it help you when you train? Does it help you with control? Uh, yeah. So, and this is something that most good athletes do if you know for, for example for working the muscle groups is if you okay. can flex the muscle you can see it working uh you're, you're going to get a better control of it and learn how it works better and i highly recommend that uh and okay. also it does help to work the muscle some too uh, now if you're doing bodybuilding and things like that then you know it's part of it because you're seeing how the muscle looks when you flex it and if it's where it needs to be and then also learning that muscle control. And like some people, I tell them to flex a muscle when I first start working with them, they don't get it. You know, well, how do you do that? You know, how to flex your abs, <laughs> how to flex your quads and things like right, that. Right, right. So it helps with that. I guess that's what, as far as bodybuilding is all about though, right? Is the flexing and, you know, showing off your hard work. Well, it, it's, well, that's part of it, but also with bodybuilding, you're trying to sculpt the body to its fullest potential and the way you're going to do that is understand how to develop all the muscles evenly to its fullest potential and that was one of the things that Vince was big on is how to sculpt mm -hmm. it so everything is in balance and looks good and that's that's kind of what bodybuilding is 
So and what you're doing here is you're doing the full potential of how the body can, you know, work and land, work and end up being. Because and that's that's a long process, but you're trying to develop to its max potential. And then to do that, you use your training techniques. Uh, you need to have good mindset to get through the the hard days, the good days, right. uh, mm -hmm. nutrition, your supplementation, again, the recovery and nutrition to help with the hormone optimization because hormones are what you need to help build muscle as well. You got to have those. So that's what we're talking about here is learning how to take weak body parts, bring them up to the, everything looks nice and balanced. And, I, and that's one of the goals that I have for myself and for my clients. So. No, that's, that's awesome. Uh, a lot of great information on how to develop a weak body part. Um, that being said, what are some of the resources available that could help with this process, Armin? Uh, well, in my opinion, uh, you would want to check out the NSP YouTube channel. Uh, you know, there's some, you know, some good video stuff in there. Um, and then the Vince's online gym. There's good workouts in there. And, or just find you a good knowledgeable coach that understands the concepts I'm talking about and have them show you some examples of how to do it and then build on that over time you know i had to learn a lot of stuff the hard way but mm -hmm. you know i got my a lot of my information you know on pre-exhaust i learned that from mike mincer and some of his material uh, and i think i think he kind of got that from arthur jones and Nollis. but either way when i started to execute it, it 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 worked it made a great difference and i was able to bring up my weaker body parts i'm still working on my weaker body parts but at the same time i've made progress and that's what i like well, a lot of excellent information uh, here at the NSP Nutrition Show. Armin and I uh, are going to take a break. But before we do, you know, NSP has been building better bodies since 1972. And if you haven't checked out their website, my goodness, they've got tons of supplements to help you achieve your fitness goals. And uh, hey, some pretty cool apparel as well. So check out nspnutrition.com. But Armin and I will be taking a break right now. When we come back, again, nutrition strategies that Armin uses to build muscle tissue. We'll be right back. NSP Nutrition was founded by Vince Gironda during bodybuilding's golden era. Vince wanted to supply his members with unique and nationally sourced supplements that would help accelerate their progress. NSP Nutrition stocks some of the same products it did when it first began in 1972. And you can discover our entire range of supplements and products at nspnutrition.com. Just use the code NSPSHOW at the checkout and save 10% on your first order. Hey, welcome back to the NSP Nutrition Show. And I'm Armin Eckelbarger. And I'm Frank Mills. And again, we're going to get right back into it with nutrition strategies that Armin Eckelbarger uses to build muscle tissue. Now... <laughs> Let me guess here, uh, Armin, uh, first thing involved, I would have to say would be protein, right? Yeah, you bet. That's uh, that's a necessary ingredient if you want to put on mm -hmm. some muscle. So, you, and what you get from protein is the amino acids that are necessary to help build the muscle tissue to keep protein synthesis working because they're the building blocks that we need to have. And on top of that though, you do need to have some fat. So we're, we're going to highlight that, but protein, is your number one thing that you got to focus on if you're going to put some muscle on. It's not carbs either. <laughs> Absolutely. So in case anybody doesn't know, why do we need fats to build muscle? 
Oh, yeah, good question. Ironically, Mother Nature put fat with protein because they work well together. They're acidic in nature. They, they digest well together. And the thing is with fats is that's what your hormones need to do their job. And if you don't have enough fat, you're not going to allow the hormones to do the work they need to do to help with the recovery, the, the repair muscle building system. So uh, that's, and people think fats are bad, but that's an important great ingredient if you want to have good quality muscle. And, and Vince knew that too. So that's why his, a lot of his nutrition programs made sure it focused on protein and fats because that's actually what builds muscle. But most meat, if you look at it, it's got fat built into it. Hmm. All right. So Armin, why do we need fats to build muscle? Well, that's a good question, Frank. Um, you know, fats are necessary. They're the, the blocks that you need for hormones to do their work. And without mm -hmm. good quality fats, they can't use the cholesterol needed to help rebuild cells and also to help build more hormones. And so if you don't get okay. enough of them, you're not going to get the benefits of it. Plus, you know, when Vince was looking at you know, nutrition, he understood that protein and fats work together because they're combined together. Mother Nature put them that way for a reason. And they're acidic in nature so that they digest well together. So that's another reason you help to digest your protein is you need fats to do that. People don't realize that. They think that mm -hmm. you, know, you eat protein, it's going to digest, but protein has fat to help it digest. Uh, also, fats are basically what our hormones need uh, to get the hormone, the, the muscle building process working when you sleep. And that's pretty critical uh, to get the good results that you're looking for. Okay. Okay. So um, what about fat and, and how long it takes to burn? Because there, there's a set time for your protein to process and burn. How long does it take for the fat to burn? Oh, that's a, another good question. So nice thing about fats is they burn slow and they're very consistent. So they'll burn for four to six hours to give you energy. And that's a great thing because uh, the carbohydrates, they don't do that. They're only going to last for an hour or two. And as insulin drops down, you're going to, the body's going to say, hey, we need some more carbohydrates to keep our energy up. You don't have that problem with fats. So it's an easy way to have good sustainable energy uh, and to keep you from snacking and doing things that, you know, that may not be positive to you. So, okay. Okay. Well, you talked about protein and fats, but what about carbs? Do they build muscle? All right. So, you know, the biggest <laughs> thing is, is people got to understand this. Uh, carbs do not build muscle. Now they can help with energy. Okay. And also to reload the muscles in the liver. So you do mm -hmm. need them, but people think they need a lot more than they need. And that's what causes so much carb spillover, which goes to body fat. So you just need enough to replenish the muscles in the liver, but don't think carbs are building muscle. I mean, I don't know how many comments I, I see with different groups I'm involved with. Yeah. I'm getting hundred grams of carbs or 200 grams of carbs. And they act like that's really important. I, I'm just, I just roll my eyes because mm -hmm. that is not building you any muscle. And then, right. then you see him talking about, well, I got to do cardio to burn off the extra fat. And that's, it's an oxymoron to me. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you do too many carbohydrates and you need to do cardio, just cut back on your carbohydrates. And guess what? You probably have to do cardio. 
Mm-hmm. Now, if you feel like you really need to do cardio, then that's a different story. But the key thing to understand about carbohydrates is it does not build muscle. So you don't need that. You need a lot fewer than you realize. Don't make that the mainstay of your energy system. Use fats as your mainstay. And you're going to stay leaner, a lot easier, and you're going to have good energy. So I, you know, I can't emphasize that enough. Now, how, how you eat carbs are a little different, Armin, because you, you do the carb cycling, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, so, so what, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. So like with the carb cycling strategy, what we're doing here, we're using carbs, but we're using them more strategically. So mm-hmm. the way I like to use carbs strategically is I like to have them in the evening, okay, uh, after, you know, after a long day. And then I like to have high glycemic carbs because that gives me a nice insulin spike, which what happens there is when you eat the carbohydrates with high glycemic, high glycemic carbohydrates, that'll push the nutrients into the cells with that high insulin spike. But what happens after that is the insulin drops right back down, which is good because now you go back to the fat burning zone and that elevates your serotonin levels. And that serotonin converts to melatonin So this really helps you get a good night's sleep, which also helps with hormone secretion because you go to a much deeper sleep because of the the quality melatonin that you're getting. So that's how you use carbs to your advantage. Um, And also, you don't have to have carbs all the time. You just use them Mm -hmm. as needed. But I use them to replenish the muscles and liver typically the night before a, a hard workout. This way, I burn fat throughout the day and get everything working so that I'm not having extra spillover and putting on extra body fat. So it keeps me lean all, all year long. Okay. So, so just to kind of analyze what you mean here, you're talking about somebody who's lean, who has a good amount of muscle. Is that what you're. Yeah. So now if, if you do have, if you're lean and you have a good amount of muscle, you Uh can have carbs pretty much every day, but I would do them in the evening. I wouldn't do them throughout the day unless if you train in the morning, then I'd have some carbohydrates to help reload the muscles in the liver uh, after that workout. So that's okay. nothing you can do, especially if you're lean. Now, if you're not lean, I, I wouldn't recommend that, okay, because you're trying to lose that excess body fat. But if you are lean, then it's a good thing to have some like 20, 20 grams or so of carbohydrates, you know, 20, 30, no more than 30, uh, to help replenish the muscles in the liver. Uh, that's, that's good. And then, again, high glycemic carbs because then the insulin drops right back down after it's got everything absorbed and you're back to fat burning. So that's why I like to do that. But if you keep eating carbs throughout the day, you're going to shut off the fat burning. You're not going to burn any fat. You're just going to be burning quick energy. That's what people need to understand about carbohydrates. And Vince knew all that. So mm-hmm. uh, he had, a, he had his own strategic way of doing it. You know, it's quite interesting because uh, on, on our other show that Armin and I do, it's called Frank Mills Reality Fitness. If you want to check us out and like this show, go check out our show. Uh, we've been doing it for quite a while, but, um, you know, we, on, on our show, Armin, we've talked a lot about high glycemic carbs and insulin. Uh, I think it'd probably be a good idea to kind of go in depth on this a little bit. What do you think? Okay. So yeah, to give some clarification on that, what we mean by high glycemic carbs, this is going to be like white potatoes. This is going to be like sticky white rice. This is going to be pasta, not whole grain, just regular mm-hmm. white pasta, um, breads, uh, even some of your favorite foods like, uh, like for me, carrot cake, or which has a lot of fat in it, but 
uh, you know, cheesecake and other treats that you like to have mm-hmm. are, are really ripe banana, grapes, watermelon. These high glycemic carbs, the beauty of them is if you use them the right way is you get the insulin spike, like I mentioned before, and that pushes the nutrients into the cells pretty rapidly, but then that insulin drops right back down. And again, you're going to get the fat burning process kicking back in quicker and you get the serotonin boost, which gives you the melatonin, which gives you a good night's sleep, which is going to help your recovery and helps your hormones to work better because it helps them when you do deep sleep, that's when the hormones do their best work. The better the sleep, the better your recovery and actually the better you're going to feel. So that's, that's one of the things I want to understand. People understand what the high glycemic carbs. Now, if you're talking about a sweet potato and, you know, other things, you know, slow burning carbohydrates. Uh, I don't like them in the sense that I want, I don't want insulin to linger around. So that's mm-hmm. why I'm not a big fan of the, the slow burning, low glycemic carbohydrates. And there's all kinds of debates about that. Okay. That doesn't mean you can't have them from time to time or use them. In, you know, it's like a sweet potato using that. I'm just right. telling you that if you want to get the bigger bang for your buck, try the high glycemic carbs and see what happens. See how you okay. do that. Okay. All right. So what else can you recommend um, in regards to building muscle? All right. So I'm not a big fan of six meals a day. Uh, I just, I've done all that. Um, Personally, to me, it's, it's unsustainable for most people anyways. Mm -hmm. If you got a job, you're working. Yeah. Yeah, It's a, it's a huge time management issue. And at the end of the day, it's not even necessary. I mean, I've right. done it both ways. So the things I like to do is instead of having six meals a day, that kind of thing, if I want to keep myself in a positive nitrogen balance, I'll just use supplements to do that. Um, and that's the thing. So supplements, you know, to stay in a positive nitrogen balance with supplements, that just requires protein. And Vince knew that. So Vince, that's when he decided to use amino acids. And then he found beef liver capsules or beef liver. Those days are tablets, but. Mm-hmm. He re- realized that these have protein and they're easy to digest and they have a lot of great properties to them. So instead of having to eat another meal, you just you supplement with that. And that's what I do with right. my program. I have three main meals a day for the, the training that I do. And then I do like 10 beef liver capsules in between my meals for a total of 20 a day. And that's mm-hmm. not always perfect. It's not perfect, but that's what I try to target because sometimes I'll miss the you know because of the scheduling thing i'll miss my uh you know 10 beef liver capsules but i'm running on fats and the beauty of fats is it spares muscle it doesn't you don't need to switch in and out unlike carbohydrates because carbohydrates is a whole nother issue so when vince came up with that and i started using that worked great i mean i i just thought it was phenomenal so that's what i recommend my uh, my clients i work with as well as we use those strategies so you just have your meals, but you have the supplements to help you get what you want from, mm-hmm. from your training and get a better return. All right. So Armin, is there any other information that you can add to that or anything else you'd like to offer? Yeah. So a lot of people ask about, okay, well, for building muscle, what do you think of pre-workouts and things along those lines? And uh, there's a lot of different ways you can approach that. So what I what I want to do here, just for simplicity, is I just, I'll explain what I do based on research I've done and what I feel works for me. And then you can decide if it's something that you want to incorporate with uh, your strategy when it, to help build muscle as a pre-workout. So okay. for me, I like to take uh, two grams of branched chain amino acids. 
before I train. I take uh, 2,000 mil, two grams of that, and then I'll do two grams of glutamine. Uh, I like to take some beta alanine that helps the growth hormone release, supposedly. Uh, so I take uh, about four, four grams of that, and then I'll do some uh, creatine. And the creatine, you don't have to take it before you work out. Uh, you can take it throughout the day. It's just that I do it because that way I remember to take it. So that's my strategy. Nothing mm -hmm. special there. So I, I take that before I train. And then also I'll, I'll do 100 milligrams of niacin. Niacin is um, another great way to help with your cholesterol. It, it heats you up and it helps burn more energy as well. So that's my combination pre-workout. Then after you get done training, you know, I'm going to work on my recovery. So what I want to do there is I'm going to go with uh, some uh, leucine. I take five grams of leucine as soon as I get done. And then I'll okay. take another two grams of glutamine and then some more creatine. And that's my post-workout uh, strategy. Then after that, uh, within about 30 to 45 minutes of training, then I'm going to have another protein meal. That could be a full meal. It could just be a protein shake, something along those lines. And that's what I found works really well. And so when you take the leucine, the five grams, that kind of keeps you from getting into a catabolic state where uh, you're continuing to break down more muscle. Because when you're training, you're just breaking down muscle. And we're going to break mm -hmm. it down a lot but you need it to stop breaking down at a certain point. And leucine has shown with a lot of statistics and research to stop that process and help the building process kick back in. And I've been doing that for a while and I, I like the way it works. Hmm. Excellent. Okay. All right. So I guess to wrap things up, you know, for all the information you've offered for building muscle tissue, um, there's still a lot of folks out there that, that look at fat loss, they get on the scale, they count calories, uh, to wrap yeah. this thing up. Where do you feel about that kind of stuff and, and actually where that could take you? All right. Well, personally, I don't feel you should base your fat loss goals on just counting calories. Yeah. You know, unless you're looking to have some muscle loss in my opinion, because mm -hmm. a calorie is not really a calorie when you're looking to burn energy. I mean, there's just, there's just so many moving parts to it. So, you know, a thousand calories of potato chips versus a thousand calories of uh, meat, two different ball games, right. two different effects right. of the body, et cetera. So don't base it on counting calories. Okay. Count something that's easier to manage. Don't get me wrong. You have to be in a calorie deficit if you're trying to lose body fat and lose weight period. That's not what I'm mm -hmm. talking about. So if you're going to track calories, you can do that. But I do it simpler. I track my carbohydrates and I track my protein. And you really need 30 to 50 grams of protein per meal. Because again, you don't absorb all that. 50% of that converts to glucose. But you need that for, for quality digestion and to help build muscle tissue. And then the carbohydrates, I like to keep it under 30 grams for the, for the day. Unless I'm on a carbohydrate load, then I'll do that in the evening. But throughout okay. the day, I try to have no more than 30 grams. I just find that that works great to help manage my insulin levels, help manage my energy, and to overall get me a better response to staying lean and building good quality muscle. And for the folks that are actually watching and listening to the show, we appreciate you doing that. Uh, we, they, they always ask for what resources do we have that we can offer our audience? So Armin, what are some of those? Well, the, the, the ones that I think are really good would be the maximum definition diet. I'm a big fan of that because I've done that one. Uh, 
the wild physique is a great document because you've got training in there you've got nutrition you've got supplements you got multiple meal meal type of strategies nutrition okay. strategies uh and then the pro series of natural bodybuilding uh that's a great one uh because of all the supplementation detail he goes into and plus he has um you know different combinations how to use your foods so i thought those okay. were just phenomenal okay well armin as usual a lot of great information in the show today uh man can't thank you enough and and i'm sure the audience feels the same you know you bring so much information uh educating the audience and and it's all from your own experience because you live the life you walk the walk right well yeah my minute <laughs> well we appreciate everybody watching and listening to the nsp nutrition show you know this is episode six and we in, really enjoy doing it and we're very thankful for nsp to allow us to be able to actually bring this format of what we yeah. put together for them. And, and we really appreciate it very much. If you like this show, if you like Armin and I and want to check out some more stuff, like I said, we have Frank Mills Reality Fitness. It's a show that we've been doing for a couple of years now that you can check out on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. And we'd appreciate that as well. But uh, everyone, make sure you check out nspnutrition.com. And uh, that's it for today. We appreciate you again watching and listening and join us, Ar Armin and I, next week for a new episode of the NSP Nutrition Show. All right, looking forward to it, Frank. All right. See you next week. Hey, thanks for checking out the NSP show. Go to nspnutrition.com where you can find a whole heap of resources to help you achieve stunning definition and eye-popping levels of muscularity. Don't forget you can save 10% on your first order by using the code NSP show at the checkout. Catch you next time.